Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos, and I am back today with another episode. And today we have Nicole Castro with us. She is one of my um, Dynamis tutors doing math. Welcome, Nicole. Hello. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon and, you know, recording this. I know you're part of our... um, Season 10, which is the 100th, uh, I don't know if you knew, but this part of the 100th episode that's going to be airing inside of these 10. Um, I think I'll be doing the 100th, but everybody's going to be invited to a, um, we're going to get everybody together and invite all the guests that I've had for the last 10 seasons, and we're going to do a fun thing. Yeah, I guess you'll have to join us uh, virtually because I know you're in New York, <laughs> Yeah, but a lot you of my guests are from. Yeah, a lot of my guests are from out of town. I say okay. half of them are. So you won't be the only one coming in out of town. I mean, not coming in person, but on Zoom. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about why you became a tutor. Yeah. Well, as a former special education teacher, I've always known that what's best uh, for students is small group instruction and individual feedback. And it's much easier to do that when you're a tutor, right? Because you have small groups or one-to-one instruction and you're really able to uncover the misconceptions the students have and move them towards competency and confidence. Um, Whereas when I was teaching a full classroom, it it was a challenge trying to get to all the students. I knew what was going on, but to be able to provide them that the feedback they needed, it was, it was a challenge. Yeah, that's true. And even more so today, right? (laughs) Tell us a little bit um, about your journey to where, what got you into teaching? Yeah, so um, I actually was originally going to be a psychologist. And then um, senior year of college, I already had a lot of teaching experience through like summer camps or uh, workshop based community centers, tutoring, things like that. And when I was gonna, when I was graduating, my mom actually became disabled. So for me to join a PhD program to become a full-fledged psychologist was out of the question. I needed to, to make income right away. And my counselor suggested, since you already have all this teaching experience, why don't you try a teaching program? And I did. And even though it was very, very challenging, I ended up loving it and it ended up being my calling. Um, so I stayed in teaching. Now I have about almost 10 years in teaching. Um, and I love it. I love what I do. I love my students. And I see how my degree in psychology supports me in being a better teacher because I'm able to see their emotions are playing up on the background when you're trying to teach the students. Oh, gosh, I bet that is a big, big value. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would love to have had a psychology uh, background myself. 
Yeah. Boy, that I think that really comes into play nowadays for sure. Yeah, especially for <laughs> <middle school> students. <laughs> I especially for them. Yeah. <laughs> so can you share some of your strengths as a tutor, a math tutor, especially because I know you do some high-level math yes. and what those have revealed um, when it comes to helping children? Yes. So one of my strengths is finding simple, concrete ways to explain abstract concepts to students. And, and I do this by either finding a real life example that they can relate to so they can understand the big picture. And then to break down complex problems that require a lot of steps, I'm really good at turn, uh, uh, turning them into checklists. Like, okay, step one, we do this, step two, and modeling for them until they get it and practice and practice and practice until they remember it. Um, and so that's that has been one of my strengths. Um, what it has revealed about my students. It, it For me, it just shows you that lots of times the, the concepts that we're teaching them depend on exposure to that problem, right? Like sometimes we're talking about, you know, um, going on a family vacation and how many uh, tickets we need for the flight and how much we need for the hotel room. But if the child has never been in that situation, they're not really understanding what's going on. Like they're not really getting like what, what the problem is asking them. So walking them through the scenario first before you get to the math has been really helpful. That's true. I mean, real life situation, real life examples. And you, you gave a great one because who's probably not going to end up taking a vacation or some trip at some point. Yeah. And if you're trying to do a budget ahead of that or save money up for that, knowing it's coming up, let's say in 2024, yeah. even, then you, you know, you got to know and understand it's all about math, really. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great example of that. Um, in seventh grade, I, at the end of the year, we used to teach this um, game of life project where the kids would um, select a career and figure out how much the salary is and how much taxes they have to pay. And then the next day they select an apartment or house they're going to live in and how much it's going to cost them per month. And as every day they figure out if they have enough money left from mm -hmm. their income and then they get to switch. Like, you know, at, at some point they get to decide, oh, wait, the the salary, the career I selected does not work for the apartment I selected. I need to either change my apartment or change my career. And they get to explain why. Uh, and that really gets them to see why we have to learn about percentages because taxes are percentages. Why we need to learn about unit rate, right? Because your your salary is per month or per or every two weeks. You have to figure out how much per check. So those little um, activities really support students in understanding why we have to learn math in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if they don't like it, it's okay because you're still gonna have to learn how to do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna have you're gonna have a house one day. You're gonna have a car. You're gonna have to do all the adult things one Bank day. Bank account. <laughs> yep, and all of it requires math. Mm hmm. Yep, that's what makes this world go round. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our numbers. <laughs> so, when uh, tutoring, what are like maybe one or two weaknesses or problems that most kids you think have? that you've seen over and over again, like, oh, there it is again. Um, and staying, you know, let's talk about math in general. Yes. So lack in number sense is the big one. And this, this is in relation to comparing quantities or finding factors or multiples of numbers when it, when it comes to multiplication. So for comparing quantities, a good example is a lot of students think that one third is bigger than one half. Right, mm -hmm. because you see that the number, the number. Three, like three is bigger than two, 
But no, one third actually is 0.33 and a half is actually 0.5, right? They, they don't have that understanding. Another one is when, when it comes to decimal, sometimes students think, think that 0.5 is smaller than 0.25 because mm -hmm. they're thinking, okay, 25 is bigger than five, but depending on where that digit is in, the, in terms of the, the place value, 0.5 actually is 0.50, right? So those little things students miss out on. Um, and then the biggest one that I see over and over again, even in ninth and 10th grade is lack of multiplication tables. They do not have them memorized. And a lot of people say that memorization is not important, but I, I beg to differ because in algebra and in pre-algebra, uh, you have to use, you have to kind of know what the factors of certain numbers are to just immediately be able to do the math. For example, when you are uh, factoring expressions, you need to know the greatest common factor of mm -hmm. the terms within that expression and be able to pull it out and divide it. And if kids don't have that number sense or that multiplication table memorized, it just becomes much, much harder for them to do it. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I here you are in another state and we're here in Georgia and I see the exact same problem. And yeah. I don't care what grade level the child is in. Yeah. I just yeah. worked with the third grader and he's very high level math, accelerated math, actually. Mm -hmm. So that means he's like doing fifth grade math in third grade. And he does not know his timetables by heart. I'll call him out and he'll go, um, I go, what's six times nine? Mm. And then you can kind of see him thinking about it, right? And he may get it right or he may not. And I'm like, where are your flashcards? We're going to have to go back to basics. Yes. Yes. And and the mom says when they, I think what's happening is they're accelerating these kids and they kind of forget to tell the parents that you're going to have to work on the timetables with them. Whereas we all learned in school. Right. Um, and I think, I mean, I don't know whose fault it is, but I believe some of it might be the school systems because they're not telling from what she told me. And she's very much on top of it. She was not told that they needed to work on it at home right, right. and, and learn not. it. Yeah. And that's where I think there's this big gap going on all over yeah. the place. And you're very correct because I've even worked with a fourth grader. His mom is on him, too. And I'm like, you guys do not know your timetables and you're smart and you're doing baseball and you're doing all these activities. So it's not like they it's can't. Learn them. They don't have time. Right. to devote to it because it is going to take time it is rote memorization it's boring yeah. it's i told it's boring <laughs> yeah but but the things that once once you have it memorized you're able to see patterns you're able to make connections you're able to understand uh you know you're able to find equivalent fractions faster you're able to simplify fractions simplify expression. and composite there's That's just so many doing. uses for it and then it also helps with division most of my students hate division and they struggle through it whether it's long form or short form, it doesn't matter. And part of that is because they don't know their multiplication tables. Because if you know your multiplication tables, then you know your division, right? It's just the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it's a huge, huge deal. I would say that two thirds of any class I've ever taught just does not know the multiplication tables, no matter what type of student they are. They're smart. They get A's. They're on it. They just don't know it. I think it's it's not required of them because if it was required of them, they would know it. Right. I, I think you're right. And they're not uh, putting it in the curriculum, I'm assuming. They've taken it out and they're expecting parents to know that they should be doing this from home. And they are, you know, you know how busy lives are in terms of families these days. Yeah. They're not. I said to him, 
I need you. Finally, I saw the flashcards when I was there Monday morning or Tuesday morning because I have a teacher work day and they were home. And I went earlier and I said to him, where are the flashcards? Have you done them? And he goes, yeah. And then his brother brought them over and they were all mixed up. I saw it three times three. And then I saw, I said, no, I want you to do them by the sixes and clip mm -hmm. them together. The sevens, the eights, the mm -hmm. nines. I, I need you to learn them first, not mix them all up. And then right. he didn't have the answers on the back of them. I said, oh, I need wow. you to put the answers on the back of these cards because A, if you're doing it, if you're kind of quizzing yourself, you need to check yourself. It's not always going to be somebody else that's going to, you know, quiz you. I need you to do this at least a minimum of 15 to 20 minutes every single day. And do you have this thing memorized? Yes. I mean, yes. there is, I hate to tell him, I don't know of any other easy way to do this. Do you yes. have <laughs> I, I, I found other ways. I found other tricks for certain students who struggle with that because, you know, some students have disabilities and they and it, it's challenging them for them to, you know, be disciplined and, and spend 20 minutes on on, on, on the flashcards. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, there are other methods. Um, there's one called time tales, which is basically turning um, the numbers into characters and it tells you a story. So it's like a it's a program you can purchase. It comes with videos and worksheets. It's pretty cheap. It's not expensive at all. And when the kids go through the program, they start to attach these number stories to the multiplication facts. And it's, as long as they remember what the characters or the stories are, they're going to remember their products and, 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 and the factors. And I've seen progress, like I've tried it and I've seen progress on it for students who struggle with multiplication tables in the sixth grade. Wow, and, and they're called time tales? Time tales. Okay. Time tales, yeah. Cool. Um, I might yeah. say something to this parent about that because I think he's finding it boring or whatever, and he's very high level math. So it's not right. that he can't do it. He won't do it. Right. And the parents are busy, so they're not probably mm -hmm. necessarily sitting down with him. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. Did you know that writing is a huge component of science, history, language arts, and so many other subjects in school? If your child struggles with writing, they will most likely struggle across the board in school. It doesn't have to be this way. Writing can be taught and almost all kids need a refresher. At Dynamis Learning Academy, we have a three-day online creative writing workshop that is fun and exciting for kids, but also gives them the strategies they need to improve their writing everywhere across the board and especially in school. They even leave the class with a completed writing product. To learn more, reach out to us at 770-282-9931. Thank you. So what is one strategy or solution you could share today with parents other than the one we just did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, that so may help their child be successful in some, uh, a specific content area in math. Yeah, the number one thing I tell parents is to help their students practice number sense in everyday life. And so like they can pick a chore or a family activity that they do often, whether it's groceries, um, even cleaning, like whatever it is, like laundry and have find the math in that situation and have the child learn through that. So, for example, if it's the groceries, you can have the child, you know, if you guys are sitting down to make the budget to make the list of things that you're going to buy. You can have them go online and look up the price of, of everything and calculate how much the estimated cost of the of the trip is going to be. And then once they get there, um, 
you know, if you're not using a card, because that's the other thing. Nowadays, we're not using cash anymore. And I think our children are um, struggling with money and decimals because of it, because now everything's just swiped and there's no calculating of change. And so if you can use cash to pay for groceries and have your child calculate what the change should be, that's a great way of helping them uh, build up the number sense. Um, and, and just turn, if you can't find things to do around the house that, that are numbers-based, then just turning whatever it is that they're doing at, uh, in school into a game. So if it's multiplication tables, turn it into a game. The whole family, even the adults sometimes forget their time tables. So have the whole family compete together. Um, there are online games like Kahoot that you can yeah. uh, utilize. Or you can turn a game, turn it into a, a pen and paper game. Okay, everybody's gonna write down the the timetables for twos and fours to see who does them fastest and accurate. You know what I mean? Like kids love games, so if you turn it into a game, it's gonna work. And they love to, um, they want to be grown ups, right? So if you give them a grown up task, they're gonna be excited to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's what's different about math today. I think uh, curriculums are really jam-packed. They're accelerating them. Yes. So they're moving very quickly. And then obviously they've probably taken things out of the curriculum. And so again, I mean, at no fault to necessarily the parent, I don't believe the communication is there about the timetables. And I'm really surprised about that because yeah. yeah. it's so, so important. Yes. And they're expecting them to know it really by the end of second grade, which is even diff more difficult. Yeah. Um, definitely if they're in accelerated classes by third, like yes. this young man is. I mean, and I don't be think developmentally ready for it by the end. Right. Of exactly. That's what's kind of interesting mm -hmm. because they're they've changed it, moved it down because I don't believe I learned until the end of third grade or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And um, and now they're expecting you to spend more time with your children teaching them and also yeah they may not be mentally a lot of kids have this math phobia I think I yeah. call it yeah. so everybody is not strong in math and a matter of fact a lot are not when I used to do homework hotline for the school system I think 95 percent of the calls that came in were math oriented and I don't care what grade the kid was in there was always a few that did not know their timetables right yeah. So, yeah, it's very interesting because I think they're missing the a, a very important key element of telling parents. And, and they probably need to just keep reiterating that, you know, yeah. have and you and learned your timetables yet? Because <laughs> it's going to really affect you in seventh and eighth grade and ninth grade in algebra. Right. And, and the part of it is like it's in the curriculum, but it's not like they must memorize it. Like, you know, they, they, instead they teach students to find other ways to find the multiplication by rounding to tens and things like that, which are helpful mental math strategies. I'm not saying that they're not good. It's just like, everything has its, its place, its time and place. And mm -hmm. knowing the time tables are, is required in order for you to be able to do advanced math. So even if you have these mental strategies, you should still be able to memorize at least like one to 10. Mm -hmm. right and most of them know they're fives and tens yeah, <laughs> at least and then i've shown like a little quick thing on how they could do the nines um yeah. but you have to write it down um, right and so that's going to take a little time if you're being timed on a okay. quiz or a test uh you're gonna have to write it all down the way i do it um because it's like zero not zero number zero down to nine 
and then go backwards, uh, go zero to nine upward. And then that's times one times two times three like that. But you still have to write all that out that could take as much as three, four minutes. There's a finger, a hand trick that goes with that. I forgot how it works, but there's a, there's another one that with the nines as well. I think I have heard that too. Yeah. yeah. So, So share a quick story in which you used, uh, let's say one of these strategies we've talked about today while tutoring to help a kid explain how, you know, how, how they got it and they were successful. So I had the student who was really struggling with her multiplication tables as well. And so we were employing all the strategies that we discussed earlier and including the timetable stories and things like that. Um, But then we started to play Kahoot games that based on the timetables and I would, I would batch them a little at a time. Like, like let's say today we're going to do the twos, threes, and fours. And, you know, next week we're going to do the five, six, and seven, and, and things like that. And I would include the parent in this game. So the parent would log in to Zoom on their own. And we would all play the, uh, the Kahoot together. And that would motivate the child so much. She would get so excited. Oh, every Friday we're gonna, I'm going to beat my mom at this game, which is just the multiplication tables. And then the parent continued the tradition at home outside of tutoring. So like with with the grandparents, with the younger sister. And so it became like a family thing. And we mm-hmm. saw her confidence in math grow mm-hmm. significantly, even if they were not doing multiplication tables in class, just having that in her back pocket just made her feel more confident and more receptive to mm-hmm. the topics she was learning in class. So key is you said the parent stepped in and was doing some of that right so I think maybe a myth out there too is well the teachers will take care of it they have the time but that's not I'm trying to get the word out about that 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 doesn't work there's a lot of things that parents are thinking that when they were in school were happening that's just definitely not happening today sorry I was gonna say children pick up that energy also from their parents like if you if you hate math or if you're like oh I hate <laughs> my time tables uh, math is horrible I hate math the child's gonna pick up on that energy and think okay math is horrible I don't want it. my mom didn't have to do it so I don't have to do it either you know they're fine my grown-ups are fine I will be fine without math and so that that's where that comes from so even if you hated math as a parent trying to keep that to yourself <laughs> will be very helpful or say I struggled with it too, but I overcame it in this way, in these ways, trying to have a positive language around that is very important. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just hate to say adults grow up hating math. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate your time today, Nicole, and sharing some insights on the math and Really, what's different about math today that I think a big key is this acceleration thing and the different levels of math that are available today and that weren't there before. And and so in the curriculum is not going to be the basic stuff. They expect you as a parent to take care of that. That's pretty much what they told my parent. And she didn't know that. Right. So. It was kind of, I think, a little bit of a surprise to her because yeah. she would have worked on it sooner. <laughs> yeah. We don't uh, have enough time to do all those parts, the basic parts of math, if we're also doing the advanced math, which right. in today's world we kind of need with the advanced technology and all these things. So some of that has to be picked up at home. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much again for joining us. And I hope everybody uh, listening to this show I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and week. Bye for now. Until next time on Smart Parent Successful Students. 
Thank you for listening to Smart Parents Successful Students Podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.